I didn't ask Gary about this, but are you guys okay if I come off the stage? You know, I like to get close to people and um, feel free to pull my mic back just a little bit so I can get loud and spit and all that fun stuff in the midst of COVID, right? No, I won't do that. Uh, man, so excited to be with you guys here today. And um, thank you for giving me uh, just the privilege and honor uh, to be in Temecula, California. Uh, when I first came to the Bay Area, I showed up to the most beautiful part of California, which was Bakersfield. Come on, it's uh, amazing. If you're from there, you know it's just it's just lush with greens and oceans. Uh, no, I arrived to uh, the California, and I remember as we arrived into California, just thinking, man, God's got some, some interesting, cool things in store. I remember asking the question, like, are there Christians in California? Because uh, I didn't know. I was in Springfield, Missouri, in the Midwest, and, you know, you hear all the things about California. I'm here to say there are some great believers in California. Amen? Come on. God's up to some, uh, some really cool things. Um, but, man, if you don't mind, I want to introduce my family to you. I've got uh, four children. I will let you know that they are the cutest kids on the planet. Come on. Right? Yes? Yes? Okay, I'm just checking here. Uh, and so my son, Zeke, uh, who's there on the right, he's here with us. He's in... Uh, your kids' ministry, enjoying it, loving it. Um, and then my uh, beautiful daughter, Gabriella, is the tall one. Then Bella, um, if you meet Bella, she's like the actress. She likes to jump around and sing. Uh, she doesn't know any strangers, so if she was here right now, she would just come and hug everyone. Uh, and then Leo, my wife has like changed the adult, I mean, the birth order of kids. You know, you've got like the toddler age and the adolescent. She calls, he's three, and he's in the gremlin stage. Uh, and so he does whatever he wants, but he is just, uh, just an amazing kid. Um, my wife, Rachel, uh, she still likes me, I like to say, which is great. Come on, husbands. She still likes me. Uh, and I uh, got to talk to her. She's actually speaking today at our, uh, our church in Berkeley, California. And so, man, it's just a privilege to have a wife that likes me. Kids uh, is a blessing, and so, so thankful for that. If any parents out there, um, I don't know how we did it, but my kids never argue with me. Uh, so they never argue or fight. They do exactly what we say. Come on, somebody. We're good parents. We're about to write a book on it. Uh, so if you guys have any questions or thoughts about just parenting kids in such a way that they love God and never argue or yell or lie, just let us know. We can help you with that. Uh, I'm lying if you don't know, okay? Come on, any parents out there, you know, you can do as much as you want, but kids are crazy, so, um, but I love them. Uh, sometimes I want to, you know, but I don't. Uh, man, I'm so thankful to be here. Uh, Pastor Gary brought it up. Um, when we first moved to California, as I said, we arrived to Bakersfield, and when we got into Bakersfield, we stayed at a hotel there, a beautiful one you know, the nicest hotel in California. And um, as we were there, uh, went to sleep and uh, had my three kids at that time. And when we woke up, I went outside uh, to check on our stuff. It was all there. Amen. Uh, so at four o'clock, it was all there and grabbed my Bible, went back to the room. I like coffee. Any coffee drinkers out there? Uh, I love some coffee. Come on. I saw you shake back there. Gentleman with the beard, that's a nice beard. Come on. Uh, I'm a Pete's coffee guy, and so I love Pete's coffee, um, but I had a great coffee uh, yesterday. But I, I got there, I got my Bible out of the, the, our, our van, and I went back to be spiritual, and I prayed a little bit, right? Come on. And uh, I went back out to the van to check on my guns. Am I allowed to say guns here? Yes, in Temecula? Okay. 
Got a few guns. Side note, what we did in the Bay Area as a men's group is we built out some ARs. In California, you can actually do that as long as you hollow out the lowers, if you know what that is, right? So anyway, I went out checking my guns, and when I went out there, our trailer was stolen. Um, uh As soon as we arrived in California, we got out there, um, and it was there at 4 a.m., but they came right after, I guess. Took our trailer, and I remember at that moment when our trailer was gone, I thought to myself, if the enemy is doing this much to keep us to really get us to turn around, right? Because the thought was, hey, we're going to turn around. Then God must be up to some cool things. And how many of you guys know that when the enemy is up to bad things, God's up to great things, right? Um, But that that experience brought us to Gary. And so we met Pastor Gary on the patio at New Life Church. And it was like, it was almost like a, you know, we've got, like, I've got you. You ever had a moment in your life when you're going through something really difficult and then something happens where you feel like, oh, God shows you that he's got you. And that was Gary and Marcy um, just making us feel so welcome. And it's, uh, again, it's such a privilege uh, to be able to speak now at his church to you amazing people today. And, um, but I remember as I thought about that, wondering, man, did God really speak to me? And what I mean by that is when we made the decision to move to California, I was questioning, man, did God Did God really speak to me? And have you ever had a moment in your life where you wondered, man, does God actually speak? You know, or when you think he's speaking, come on, if we can be honest, is, am I, am I talking to myself? Has anyone ever felt that way, right? You think God's speaking to you and you're wondering, man, did God actually, did he actually say that? And I remember as we came into California, we were wondering, man, does God actually speak? Now you're all looking at me, maybe a little response. Have you ever felt that way? Man, does God actually speak? And so I want to lead us with this, with this question. You'll see it up on the screen, but it's this. Do you ever find it difficult? Do you ever find it difficult to hear and understand the voice of God? I want you to think through your life when you're working or making decisions on different things. And I wonder if you've ever gotten to the place where you want it. God, like, am I actually hearing your voice? Do you actually speak? God, do you actually care about what I'm, what I'm walking through or going through or when you have a tough decision? And so when I think about that, I think about planting a church in Berkeley, California. How many of you guys know Berkeley, California? I didn't know if you knew this, but they, they just love Jesus there. You know, they're passionate about new churches coming in. They're excited to see the work of God in that city. Not really. Um, but what I'll tell you is Berkeley, California is one of the most amazing places that I've ever lived. I love it. But I remember when I was feeling the prompting to plant a church in Berkeley, California. And I remember wondering, am I just hearing things, right? Come on. Am I crazy to make decisions? And not only that, with the family that I had, four kids, a wife, Am I committing career suicide? Come on, somebody, right? Am I committing career suicide to make the decision to plant a church in the most, I'm going to say, difficult place in our country to plant? If you know anything about Berkeley, uh, they're not about churches. But here's the thing they are about. They are uber spiritual. They are. They're religious um, in the things that they love, if it's their politics 
if it's the the ability of knowledge, right? Like there, it's a super spiritual place. Um, but here's what you have to know about Berkeley, California. 99%, everyone say 99%, plus a few. Come on, plus a few. 99% plus a few uh, want nothing to do with faith. So, you know, when you think about global missions or missionaries, and, and you guys are such a great missions uh, church, when you think about that, Berkeley is a common day missions field. And I get to be there. Yay, right? Um, and so just so excited. Um, to do what we do in a city like that. But I remember as I'm answering this question, have I felt difficult to hear God's voice? Like, God, like, how am I going to launch a church in one of the most difficult places in our country? And um, I remember uh, I was in uh, the Tilden, have you guys heard of the Tilden Hills, if you've been to the Bay Area? Uh, It's just a mountain range behind uh, Berkeley. And I remember I'm up there, and I've been praying. This is April 2019, and I've been praying and asking God, like, how am I going to do this? Are you actually calling me there? Uh, are you actually going to take care of me? Anyone ever had asked that question in the midst of the pandemic? God, like, it's crazy right now. Don't have a job or I'm struggling or I got things that are happening in my life. Like, are you, are you truly here? Are you truly speaking? And I remember him saying to me at that moment, the job I'm asking you to do is easier than you think. Come on, that's crazy. Is it just me? That's crazy. The job I'm asking you to do is easier than you think. Now, this is before the political and social unrest, right? Uh, I don't know if you guys know, there's a little bit of division in our world right now, right? So before all of that, he said, the job I'm asking you to do is easier than you think. He said, I'm not asking you to go save people, but I want you to help people see me through their fog. And their fog may be their political viewpoints. Their fog may be aspirations for life. Their fog may be their perceptions that they have about church people, right? I just want you to help them see me. And as a church, we made a decision to say at that moment, I felt like God say, I want you to be a church that loves and serves people way before you ever launch. And so we say, I'm a, I like business, and so we've got like an outcome for our church. And our outcome is that we want to love and serve people so hard that when they interact with us, they just begin to rethink their preconceived notions about faith. And so many times we try to save people, and we don't realize that if they are not willing to get to a place to rethink their perceptions about me, their perceptions about you, if they're not willing to rethink those perceptions They're never going to get to the place of receiving Jesus unless the Holy Spirit shows up and just transforms them. And so we say, man, we want to love and serve people so hard that when they interact with us, they rethink their preconceived notions of faith. So anyway, so we're going to jump into our series here, and we are in a series called Unstoppable, which is super exciting. And we are going to read God's Word, and we're we're in... um, uh, Acts chapter 16, and I believe that the, it's going to be up here on the screen, but I want to read this to you, and it's such a great passage of scripture, and I just want to thank Pastor Gary for giving me, again, the privilege uh, to read this. It'll be up on the screen, and this is what it says. It's uh, Acts chapter 6, and we're going to start at verse 1. It says this, Paul went first to Derby, and then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Timothy Timothy 
was well thought of by believers in Lystra and Iconium. So Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. Indifference, uh, sorry, indifferent, and <laughs> I can't even read right now. <laughs> Indifference to the Jews of the area, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left. For everyone knew that his father uh, was Greek. Verse 4 says this, Then they went from town to town instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. Verse 5 says this, So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. I just want to pause for a moment, it's not in my notes, but I'd encourage you this. In the midst of a pandemic, maybe it's feeling like, man, our church isn't growing right now or we're missing people. I'd encourage you this, that God is desperate for people's lives to be transformed. Amen? God is hungry for more and more people to receive the life-changing power of Jesus. And his primary route of doing that is, guess what? It's you. Come on, look around. I'm going to move off my notes for a moment. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead a little bit. Look around. Look around. There are empty chairs in this building right now because God is desperate to empower his people to introduce them to Jesus. Come on, right? Come on. Is God not desperate for Temecula to be transformed? And in the midst of us talking about Berkeley, California, God is hungry for people. And so what you see in Scripture is that when people are desperate to see more and more people come to lasting relationship with Jesus, crowds follow. You look all throughout the Gospels, you see that people follow Jesus because Jesus was showing and giving them something they've never seen before. And so, man, what if Crossroads Church would say, man, we want to see more and more people come to lasting relationship with Jesus. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Come on, am I talking to myself right now? God is desperate for more and more people to show up here. And so, you see the crowds following uh, them. And so then verse 6 says this, Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phygia in Galatia. And it says this, I'd underline this if you've got your Bibles or some notes, but it says, Because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Have you ever had a moment where you wanted to do something, you're like, this has to be what God wants. And then he says, I I don't want you to do that, right? Or like, God, like, I feel like you told me to do this, and then it doesn't work out. And here's what you have to understand about hearing the voice of God, that in those moments when you feel like God is not speaking, or when you feel like things are not happening, it's not that he's not there. You just have to reorient your ears to hear his voice. Come on, somebody. Am I talking to myself? No. You have to reorient your ears to hear his voice. And so then the passage goes on and it says this. Then coming to the borders of Messiah, they headed north for the province of Bethina. And it says this, but, but again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. Verse 8 says this, so instead they went on through Mycenae to the seaport of Trias, or Troas. This is interesting, 
as I was studying this passage of Scripture, just wondering, like, why would the Holy Spirit not want them to go to a city that was in desperate need of Jesus? Why would the Holy Spirit stop them from reaching the people they felt like God was reaching? And then the other question I asked myself was like, did they miss it? Right? These guys are traveling around and people's lives are being transformed. Did they miss it? And what this passage showed me is this, that daily we have to orient our ears to God's voice or we're going to be willing to push forward where God is telling us to pull back. Have you ever had that moment in your life? Maybe in a relationship. Like, God, you know I need a man. Come on, right? God, you look... A a brother, you know what I'm saying? Like, God, this house, I want this house. God, this job, God, I want this job. This this family member, they have to be healed. Like, have you ever told God what he needed to do? Right? But if we don't orient our ears to his voice, we're going to miss out. And so I like to work off of main points. Here's my main point uh, for you today is this. God speaks. Everyone say, God speaks. Come on, say it again. God speaks. We just have to learn how to listen. Everyone, is that good? God speaks. God is always speaking, but we have to learn how to listen. Perfect example, the pandemic hits, and I felt God called me to plant a church. Come on, right? I felt God call me to plant a church in 2020, September 2020. March 2020, what happens? Come on, a pandemic hits. And is that not a moment where you ask, like, did I miss it? Right? Did I miss God because I felt God say, okay, we're going to plant this church, and here's the date that we're going to do it. Then the, the pandemic hits. But again, we have to orient our ears to hear his voice because there are times when we're running a certain direction and God is not changing the plan, maybe the way in which the plan's going to happen, right? So we have to realize that God speaks. We have to just learn how to listen. And so point number one is this. How do we learn the voice of God? Point number one is this. Position yourself daily to hear God's voice. Position yourself daily to hear God's voice. I remember, and I'll walk through this quickly, but I remember it's March 8th. Have you guys ever heard of someone named Trump? Yes? Is this Trump country? No? Okay. (laughs) Is this Biden country? Hey, guys, listen to me. Let's not let politics divide us. Come on, somebody, right? We got one God. His name is Jesus, right? Come on. We got one God. His name is Jesus, and uh, he don't care who sits in power because he's in control. Come on, somebody. I'm going to say that again. He don't care who's in power because he sits on the throne, right? And in moments when it feels like things are out of control, which maybe you feel that way right now in our country, God's in control, right? When you feel like you can't hear his voice because there are tons of things happening all around you, guess what? He's still in control. And I remember 
March 8th, Trump does a travel ban. You guys remember that? 2020. And at that moment, I felt God say to me, and again, I positioned myself daily to hear God's voice. And I remember that moment God saying to me, March 8th, on the day, that I've called you out for this very reason. That's what he says to me. March 8th, I'm praying. I'm like, God, like, if this travel ban goes on, like, how am I going to make this happen? And he says, I've called you out for this very moment. Don't lean back, but push forward. And I believe there's some people maybe in here that you've allowed yourself to uh, allow fear to hinder you from doing the work of the gospel. And God is, I would encourage you to say, hey, today, don't, don't lean back. Don't be afraid because he's in control. When the world's out of control, he's in control. And in the midst of planting a church, in the midst of a pandemic, we have our own building. Isn't that crazy? We have our own building that we just finished remodeling. We got like a few quick pictures that we show. So that's the front of our building there uh, in Berkeley, California on Shattuck Avenue, which is one of the busiest strips. Uh, go ahead. I think there's one more picture. Uh, and that was grand opening for us uh, in Berkeley. Is that not amazing? Can we just thank God, right? And so, but what that reminds me of is if we will orient our voice, our ears to hear God's voice on a daily basis, then when crazy circumstances rise up, right, we allow God to guide us and not our fear. Amen? We allow guide, God to guide us, not our circumstances. I love Mark 1, 35 through 36. It says this, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up, went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. What does that tell me? Jesus daily oriented his ears to hear God's voice. Jesus daily oriented his ears to hear God's voice. Number two is this. I want to encourage you today that if you're thirsty to hear the voice of God, make opening God's word a priority. Come on. Make opening God's word a priority. So many times people are like, Pastor Ray, I just don't hear God speak to me. Anyone ever said that? Come on, no judgment. God, I just, you ever prayed this prayer? God, if you would just speak to me in an audible voice, then I'll do it. When Pastor Gary talks about the yes campaign, God, I need you to say something to me. I think he already said it. Those who refresh others will themselves what? Be refreshed. Like, it's, it's interesting about books, you know. Anybody like to read? The only way you get the knowledge is if you what? Open it. Come on. Then actually read it. Right? Then after you read it, then you have to do what? Apply it. Come on, right? And sometimes we're like, God, I just want to hear you speak to me. And God's like, Look, fool, I already spoke to you. Can I say that? Sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes we are fools, right? We want wisdom, but we're not willing to go to the place that has it. Isn't that not foolish? Is that not foolish? God, I want to hear you. You got to open his word. So, ah, primary way that God speaks is through his word, I believe. I believe one of the 
the primary way that God will speak to us is through his word. Here's what Psalms 119, 105, 106 says. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I want to show you guys a quick video of just our grand opening and how following the voice of God led us to where we are uh, today. It's like less than a minute. So you guys can go ahead and roll that. sure I told you guys, it's not a promo to come to my church, because it's up there, no. Um, there are so many times when I was praying through planting our church that it was just the early morning reading God's words and hearing his voice talk about his heart for the city of Berkeley and his passion to see lives transform and encouraging me to have faith when things seem hopeless. Have you ever been there? You're in certain situations or circumstances where it feels hopeless and you're, you're needing faith. Anyone need faith right now? Come on, right? Like in the midst of everything going on, maybe you need some faith. And I encourage you that God is the God that's still doing the impossible. God is the, still, God is the God that's still accomplishing miraculous things in each and every one of our, our lives. And it starts with daily seeking the face of God. Point number three is this. Choose to surround yourself with the right people. Choose to surround yourself with the right people. I remember as we were in this journey of planting our church, and there were people who were like, man, I don't know what it's going to look like. Maybe you should take a pause. Maybe you should wait. And then I had other people who were saying, man, have, you know, have faith. And when I came up with, I'm a crazy, Gary will tell you, I'm a crazy idea God. Guy, I actually believe that God can do anything. Actually believe God can do anything? Like, he's, he can do the impossible? He can do the miraculous? I think so many times, where, I'm sorry, I'm going to make sure I, I stick to time. There's so many times where we think the miraculous is someone's limb being healed. So many times we think the miraculous is that a building gets given. So many times we think the miraculous is someone from death going to life. That would be miraculous if I just raised someone from the dead right now, right? But I think the biggest miracle that happens in our time is where someone goes from death to life. And a culture that we're in right now where Christianity and following Jesus is so polarized, I think the biggest miracle is when, what's your name, sir? Kelly? Hey, Kelly, what's up? When Kelly uses his life to impact the life of someone else, and they make a decision to say, I want Jesus. 
the most miraculous thing that can happen. And you look at Acts, it's not in my message, but you look at Acts, right? The Holy Spirit was sent for what reason? To be my what? My witnesses, right? And then you look at Acts 3, and Peter preaches the greatest message he's ever preached, and 3, 000, over 3,000 people get saved. Why? Because the greatest miracle is when people go from death to life. I tell you this, the currency of heaven is people. Heaven, God is desperate for people's lives uh, to be transformed. I love Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. My last point is this. Talked about the first one, position yourself daily to hear God's voice. Make opening God's word a priority. Choose to surround yourself with the right people. And point number four is this. When you don't know, when you don't know, you're praying and you don't hear God's voice, you're wondering, God, what do you want me to do with my life? God, God, how am I going to accomplish what you want me to accomplish? When you don't know, do what he already said. When you don't know, when you're praying, like, God, like, where are you right now? Like, I don't get it. What do you want me to do? I'm trying to figure this out in my work, in my job. Like, what do I do? When you don't know, do what he's already said. One of my favorite passages of scripture is found in Matthew, I mean, Mark chapter 12. And you got, right before this passage, you got the religious leaders trying to get Jesus. It's so interesting out in the, and I do my message, but look throughout uh, the New Testament, you see all these religious leaders trying to, to get one over on Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? Thinking they're smarter than Jesus. Jesus keeps, you know, hitting them with a right hook. And, and so you have this religious ruler who actually had a, a very important question. And so he goes up to Jesus, and he, he asks this question, what's the greatest command? Right? What is the, what's the greatest commandment? And so it says this, verse 28, it says, one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate, right? They're debating Jesus here. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Verse 29, Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Verse 31, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. No other commandment is greater than these. And so when you don't know, God, like, what am I here for? How do I use my, what you have? Like, how, like what, am I, what am I supposed to do? This is, this is worth a debate after the service. I'll be back here. I feel like there's only two reasons why you're here. What's your name? Rena. You're so beautiful. Is this your boo right here? Is this the guy? You're lucky. You're lucky. There's only two reasons why you're here. Only two. That's it. As you're thirsting and wondering, like, why are we here? Why am I using my life to impact a city like Berkeley who wants nothing to do with God? The reason why each and every one of us are here is for two reasons. Number one, to love God with everything. With everything. Surrender everything to him. And the other is this, to help others do the same. When you're thirsting and wondering, like, God, what am I supposed to do with my life? 
I'm in this job, I'm in this career, I'm in the marketplace, you know, am I just supposed to be at Crossroads Church, although Crossroads Church is amazing, is that all I'm supposed to do? Your job is to love God and help others do the same. And when you do that, you see people go from death to life. My big vision that I haven't told our church yet, but this is online, so I guess they'll hear it, um, that we're talking about on November 14th is this. My God-sized dream for our city is that we would have a believer in every space. A believer in every space. Because when you get God's people on mission in every space in your community, miracles will happen. People will move from death to life. Can we pray? God, I thank you for today. Thank you that you are God that's in the business of transforming lives, that you are desperate God, for your children. You're hungry for Temecula to be transformed. You're desperate, God, for Berkeley to be transformed. Like, you want to see people's lives impacted, God, where people who are far from you, God, would see Jesus. And so I pray today that as we're talking about Berkeley, God, really, we're just talking about your kingdom, that, that wherever we are, whatever space that we're in, you're desperate to see people go from death to life. And so help us to utilize our lives, our influence, our money, our time to see people transformed. Father, today we, uh, we honor you. God, I pray for anyone in this room right now who's never given their life to you. I love that your word makes it so simple that if we will confess with our mouth that you are Lord and believe in our hearts that you were raised from the dead, then we can be saved. God, that you're desperate to be in relationship with people. God, today I give you all praise and honor. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.